Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey, yeah. Yeah. my favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad, Declan Goff. And here's the thing about this show. You never know. Declan, you never know when this show is just going to pop up on your feed because all hell is breaking loose. There's wild news. There's contract signings. You just, like we always, like at the end of every show, I say, when are we going to be back? And you're like, I don't know. Could know. be tomorrow. Could be three days from now. Because you never, ever know what's going to take place. And I, I think we both agreed that there was enough today to justify an emergency addition on the eve of the first round of the draft um, in Montreal, in which the Wild will have the 19th and 24th picks. Uh, we will get to the news that uh, broke. I believe it was initially broke by Darren Drager. Um, of TSN about uh, defenseman Jake Middleton getting a contract extension. But let's start with the weird story of the day, okay? And I think to call it fluid would be doing it a disservice. I think the best way to frame this is something's going on. We don't know what. For everybody involved, we hope it's nothing. How does that sound? Because it involves involves the Wilds' key player, Kirill Kaprizov. It started with um, an ominous, I would say is the right word to describe it, tweet this morning from an account that I don't recall having followed or seen before about uh, Kaprizov being back in Russia and his status. Um, Fortunately, after that, some people that we do uh, definitely know, including Michael Russo of The Athletic, picked up the ball and ran with it. And I'm going to read for you, Declan Goff, um, a couple paragraphs here, or actually three or four, from the Associated Press out of Montreal, where the draft is. And as I said, first round tomorrow, rest of the draft on Friday. And as a result, everybody is there. So so Bill Guerin's there. All of the key players basically in the entire league are there. Um, and so it says this. While GM Bill Guerin said Kirill Kaprizov remains in Russia and is doing well, denying a report the star winger returned to the United States and adding the team is trying to find out more about his Situation. Russian newspaper Sport Express reported Wednesday that Kaprizov immediately returned to the U.S. after Flyers goaltending prospect Ivan Fedotov was taken to a remote military base in northern Russia because his because his name was linked to fraudulent military identification. Quote from Garin. He's in Russia and he's talking about Kaprizov. He's in Russia and he's doing fine. He's with his friends and family. Uh, 
Last paragraph, I'll read you as uncertainty surrounding Kaprizov comes at an uneasy time, of course, with the war still raging in Ukraine after Fedotov reportedly was picked up by law enforcement in Russia last week ahead of a planned move to the U.S. Fedotov, 25, signed with Philadelphia in May after his contract in the Russian-based Continental Hockey League expired. And then the thing that Russo had was there was a report. There were multiple media reports, just to be clear here, out of Russia this morning that Kaprizov is wanted in his native country for allegedly buying a falsified military ID card back in 2017 when he was playing for a Russian club. Now, just to clear this up a bit, um, when you are a, a certain age in Russia, you must serve a year in the military. Now, to be clear, for ages, being a hockey player in Russia qualified. So, like, you didn't have to go fight. You basically played hockey, and, and this goes back to the 60s, I think the 50s, when the Russians started their hockey program as a communist uh, state, of course. Um, that program was designed to take off and be great. And so the great hockey players were basically told, you are in the military, but you're playing. Kaprizov, just to be clear as well, um, definitely stayed there at the request of Russian officials way longer than he had to or wanted to, which is why he didn't come here sooner. So all of this being said is there has been a lot of speculation, a lot of reports. Um, I, I hope that, and you know, clearly we all do, we both do for sure. I hope that everything is fine. The only thing that scares you, Declan, is that with the current climate there, um, it definitely is not a situation with, where you can assume things are fine. And this is why, to a man, basically every person in the National Hockey League in a position of power tried to tell their players from Russia, don't mm -hmm. go home, stay here. It sounds like, from what I've read, the majority said, no, I'm going home. And now, until we actually see Kaprizov, I think it's safe to say that there has to be some concern about what is a developing story. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very fluid situation, to use a classic 2020 term. Um, you know, I I think Bill Garrett reacted appropriately, and when he told Michael Russo that we're not going to overreact to this, rightfully so, um, weird stuff has come out of Russia before, so let's get all of our ducks in a row, let's get our facts right before we start panicking. Obviously, the timing of this um, has got to cause some crazy stress, though, just involved with the draft being tomorrow. You're doing moving and shaking. Bill Guerin already met with Marc-Andre Fleury's camp even, too, earlier this week. He just re-signed Jacob Middleton. So I think at the, at the, at the very most, Bill Guerin's worried about the direction of the Wild for tomorrow and for the future. And this Kirill Kaprizov thing obviously threw a bit of a curveball to him. Um, but I think he's handling it appropriately, and, and, and there shouldn't be too much of a, of a fear of, oh, my God, what's happening quite yet here. Um, I think the Fedorov situation is very weird and spooky from what we've been able to read so far on yeah. that. Um, yes. and, and in Michael's story, he obviously talked to a Russian source that said there's really only one person that would hold him back. We all know who that would be. Um, and I don't think, just guessing here, I don't think it's necessarily going to come to that. Um, it's just unfortunate that when everyone was told the, the league and everyone was told don't go back to Russia amid the uh, situation with Ukraine and just everything going on there. 
probably not a good idea to go. I understand why Kirill and why all these other players still went home. It's still home to them. It's their country. Their families are there. Right. Completely understand why all those players would still go back to Russia after the season ended. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still, I guess, something to monitor here. It's, it's not a dark cloud over what's to come over these next couple of days. So I'm looking forward to the draft tomorrow and hopefully some more moving and shaking. And if you're watching this uh, YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Judd Zolgan and myself will break down anything Wild-related that'll happen basically in the next 48 hours. We've already broken down the Kevin Fiala trade. Um, but this is still, this is obviously news, and it's something to, to figure out here in the next uh, uh, coming days. And hopefully this gets resolved quickly in the Wild, and Minnesota sports fans don't got to worry about losing their superstar to an already ominous thing and look minnesota sports fans are used to losing their superstars in already dumb ways this would not be a way that minnesota sports fans would want to have to lose their superstar and this one's just in in a way flat out scary because you just don't know like it's it's a country that already you are concerned about players going back to just in normal times although it's been i think pretty smooth within the last I, i don't know 20 years or so but the point is yeah until we see uh, Kaprizov here, I think it's it's definitely worth being a little bit concerned about. And I guess what I don't know is from that first tweet, how much of that is accurate? It, you know, I'm sure that there are things, no pun intended, lost in translation between here and and you know w- what's re- reported in the newspapers in Russia. So yeah, that's that's story one, incredibly fluid. Story two, Darren Drager, as I said at the top of the show, has reported that uh, Wild defenseman Jake. Middleton has agreed to a three-year extension, believed to be just over $2.4 million AAV. I like this move. Me too. Um, now, Dex, I don't think necessarily. Uh, he did play well, and I like the fact that he brought size. I don't know that Jake Middleton is necessarily a number one pairing defenseman, which he was with Spurgeon. But with what he brings, he's got a place. And so I think he was a good find. I think he uh, is a good locker room guy. And I think he brings a semblance of the toughness that you need on your blue line. And so if he's a one, I question that just a little bit, but I don't question that he definitely, in my opinion, can have a place in my top four. And I think that Garen hit on a guy who I had read and heard very little about before that trade was made near the deadline. Yeah, I, I like this move too. Two point four AV. You know, you and I were kind of speculating with uh, with Phil Mackey, who was once known as the Hockey Whisperer, uh, what kind of contract he would get. And yeah, the Hockey Whisperer. I still think. Uh, I don't know if he'll come back. I, I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say. That's you all. Predict I'm going he to will. Say on that. Uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I did not predict he will. I, that's not. That was not my vein of my prediction. Uh, but I, the, the Middleton signing, I think, is good. It's 2.4 AAV. It's reasonable. It's the three-year contract. Yeah, a yep. nice find from Bill Guerin, to be completely honest, at, at that deadline uh, to bolster the blue line. Um, now the Wild, though, have just under $5 million in cap space. I think it's like 4.9 is, is the technical amount of cap space left. And does Fleury want to accept a lesser rate if he indeed does? Uh, you know, Guerin said that he would like to have that situation wrapped up by the draft. So there could be a, a situation too where Mark Andre Fleury even gets a new contract, or they move on uh, from the negotiations from that. If they have to find someone else to back up Cam Talbot, or if they move on from Cam Talbot, it's not an ironclad. Even though he's under contract, Cam Talbot, that is that he comes back. So with Middleton resigned uh, mm-hmm. for a very reasonable contract, but you're still in that cap hell with the first year of these pre-save buyouts really hitting you hard. Um, 
this direction still is very kind of, again, to use the word, fluid uh, of, of what Garen and what the rest of the team is going to do. Uh, but but Middleton's a fine defenseman, dude. Yeah, he's he's not flashy. I don't think he's going to score a lot of points. He clears a lot of pucks. He uses his size well. They're a smaller team, the Wild are. So I think it was a good idea to re-sign him. Reasonable rate, $2.4 million for a guy who's probably going to give you 18 minutes a night. Good signing. And it was it was probably number one or two on the priority list after they traded Kevin Fiala. So kudos to Bill Garrett. Top four, right? It's a top four guy. Top yeah. four guy. Like I because yeah. I like I love I like what he brings. And and look, it's not flashy, but it's solid. And I like that. Um yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know if he is going to be I don't know if he fits long term as Spurgeon's partner on the one, but I think he definitely that, that there's a case to be made that he's going to give them something. Here's my question before we get to flower. Do you see a move coming within the next couple days to clear more cap room? Like, I don't think we can dismiss it completely. Um, It just would make some sense to try to clear more room. And they've got some young talent. I I think you actually uh, touched on this, probably on write that down today. uh, talking about Kalen, but it just feels like something else possibly could come to clear. I don't want to say a ton of room, but enough room to make you a little more comfortable with life. You certainly don't like to go into a season where you're, you're literally playing with chump change with your cap and, and things expand and things get weird. You know, players get sent down just for the sake of it, for the sanity of, of, of contracts and for your daily cap hits and all that stuff that happens during the course of the season. So you don't want, I think, get into a situation the wild is, and I know that they're hampered. So a little bit different than a normal team who hasn't facing a 15% buyout cap. Um, but you don't want to be in a situation where, yeah, you only have like one or $2 million just in your cap space to open the season. Right now, the Wild, again, have 4.9. If some of that's going to go to Flurry, well, then that's probably going to take up $3 million of it. Um, if right. some of it goes to Marco Rossi, who figures to potentially be on the opening night roster and not be under a two-way type of deal, mm-hmm. well, he's probably going to get something, too, a little under a million, but, but because he's under a rookie contract, it's going to also almost eat up all that space. If you were to trade Matt Dumba, that frees up six. If you were to trade Dmitry Kulikov, that frees up an additional $2.1 million. That gives you a little bit more room. And, and you shouldn't be, for the sake of trading guys, just because you need the cap space. If you traded a Matt Dumba, you can bet you're going to get a really solid return back. You're not just trading him because he makes a lot of money, but, you're, but you have to figure out ways to also have a little bit more cap room because uh, this, this is going to get really complicated for the Wild if they just go into the season with just wiggles rooms of, of, of pennies underneath their couch, essentially, for the lack of a better word, with, with wiggle room and cap space. So th- I think the next 48 hours are going to be really, really interesting, and, and I'm curious what Bill Guerin is going to end up doing. Do you want to know how messed up th- this league is right now? This drives me nuts. If I'm not mistaken, if you call it up on uh, cap friendly, Kulikov has some no-trade protection. Yeah, I, I don't understand how that happened. And look, I, I'm not even blaming guys right now, but I'm saying... How does Dmitry Kulikov's agent tell Bill Guerin, ah, we'll sign the contract, but you got to give us some no trade? What the hell is that all about? Kulikov's the type of guy that you could should trade in your sleep, right? Like, I mean, he's a fine. I, I liked him until playoffs. Um, but, I mean, that's the type of guy who you should, like, get up at 2 a.m. and trade while you're drunk. And you got to yeah. worry about, and you got to worry about. Yeah, I know you can, and so can I, but you got to worry about this guy having any type of protection for no trade. Um, on to Flower. This one to me has become really intriguing. 
Okay. First of all, um, within uh, July 5th was yesterday, right? Today's the 6th. Yesterday, the Pittsburgh Penguins signed Casey DeSmith, their backup goaltender, to a two-year contract extension, AAV $1.8 million. He's going to repair with Tristan Jari. Mm -hmm. We had talked about the fact that we both could see and thought that there was a chance Flurry, if he was not going to return here, would go to Pittsburgh. Because I think that he has had a desire to end his career there, which I 1,000% don't blame him. Like if he said, if he had said tonight, you know what? I got to go back. Pittsburgh was my home. It's where it drafted me. I, I won cups. Um, but I would take it unless I'm missing something that this move now means the Penguins are set in goal. Um, Flurry is, if I'm not mistaken, lives in Montreal. So the whole plan was to meet him there and talk to him. Um, I don't know how many, like the goaltending market's weird. So first of all, I don't know how many really good situations there are for him in particular, because he's not a young man. He's going to want to go to a team where he is probably can compete. Like that Blackhawks thing had to be a nightmare, right? Yes. Like that Blackhawks thing. The thing about it is the previous year he was great, but he was playing for a really good team. Gold Knights were really, really good. Mm -hmm. Then he goes to the, to Chicago, which is a complete dumpster fire. And he plays a ton and it's a mess. And at his age, I'd be like, bleep this. Um, and so one, I would take it that it's going to be a very particular place where he, he goes. I thought for a while, Dex, that might be Pittsburgh. That I don't think is the case now. Okay. But from the wild's end, and I know that Flurry's a great guy, and he, he was. And he's fun to watch play. And yes, the playoffs didn't go well, but that does not mean that he's not a, a really good goaltender. But from the wild's end, I would imagine, to your point about the cap, that Bill Guerin, despite his being friends with uh with him with flurry yeah. with flurry has to be saying well i can only pay you so much mm -hmm. and so i just wonder where the ball is on the court right now like i wonder if it's in in flurry's court to say to accept what he's being offered i wonder if the wild has moved on and we just don't know it yet um i just i'm very curious because here's my thing personally I wouldn't put a huge priority on getting him back. I don't know what, what your thought is on that, but like, I wouldn't break my back at this point in time. I, you know, if, if he wants to come back for my terms, that's awesome. But yeah. I don't see him like when the wild got him at the deadline, really good pickup. Didn't work out again. But at the time, mm -hmm. I think we all said hell of a pickup. I don't know that him coming back to this team in 2022-23 is going to is going to it feels like it's really imperative if that makes sense. Well, the issue is if he doesn't come back is it it just well what are you going to do? Uh do you want to just roll with Cam Talbot which you can, like he can be 1A, but then who are you going to back him up with? You know, Jack Campbell's a free agent. Do you want to make a run at him? He's Braden probably Holby's going back probably to Toronto. Gonna, Yep. He's probably going back uh, to Toronto. Peter, you know, Peter Morazic, who's also in Toronto right now, he's making $3.8 million, so the Wild can't really inherit that deal. And if I'm paying $3.8, I'd rather just play it to Flurry than Peter Morazic, who's going to be under that term for the next few years. Yep. Um, it just makes a little bit of a spider web of decisions that the Wild have to figure out again on draft. I think we'll probably know by the end of tomorrow 
if 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 Mark Andre Fleury basically is what I'm saying, if Mark Andre Fleury is not signed by the Wild tomorrow, he's gone. Like I, uh, unless there's a verbal agreement there with Bill that they're just like ironing out finances, I, I think they'll probably figure out a deal within the next 24 hours. And then if and if the draft comes and he's unsigned, then they're probably picking up the phone and figuring out a way to get another goaltender by day two of the draft with all the surplus of picks they have. Sure, um, I would like Flurry back. I would, um, but I'm definitely not going to be in a situation where I'm playing complete hardball with um, with Mark Andre Flurry. But he also is he's up there in age. Pittsburgh just resigned their backup goalie. Um, he is probably sick of the moving and shaking. He's played for three different franchises in 12 months. He's got kids, and that was really important to him that he didn't want to come back because it's stressful to, on his kids and stuff. So to be honest, he might be weighing retirement. He might say, you know what? I'm done. I've accomplished everything there is to accomplish. Why do I want to come back and be you know, in this rotation and, and having my kids shuffled all around and my family right. shuffled all around? Right. There could be a good case to make that it, it might be the wilder bust at this point for Marc-Andre Fleury. Hmm. Now, if he did that, that would mean that he's uh, definitely changed his mind from the press conference when he was traded here, at which he did say that he wanted to continue to play. But I mean, yeah, I I mean, things can definitely change, especially with the playoffs not going well. Um, Here's my goaltending philosophy, because, look, the Wild is in a weird predicament here. Like, like, I don't feel like they're going for it. Like, I know that they think they're in decent shape. Um, but I definitely don't have this like, oh my God, they're, you know, they were, they're going to repeat the success of this past year. I just don't feel that. Um, they definitely have some nice components. I am assuming that all is going to be well at the end of the day for opening night with Kirill Kaprizov. Um, but here's my thought. Jesper Walstead is going to play at Iowa this year. That's the plan. And I don't buy that this kid is as far away. I think we've fallen into this sort of weird thing of like, well, young goaltenders now, they oh, it takes years and years and years. Um, I'm not saying he's set on opening night. I'm not even saying he's going to play this year. But could I pair Cam Talbot with, with a backup type with my eye on Wallstead being my goaltender at the latest opening night, 2023-24? Because... That's where I think it works. That's where I think that that there is potential here. I mean, this kid's a first-round pick. Um, He's impressive. Plays his angles well. He's a big kid. I don't see him as like a fluky goaltender. I think they got a really good one. And if he can play a year in the A uh, for Iowa and then come up next uh, training camp and win that job, I think you've got your potential – top goaltender for quite some time. So I wonder, you know, unless I think they probably want flower to come back here at just the right price and stuff, but I guess I just don't, I won't be crushed as much fun as it was to watch him play consistently. I won't be crushed if he doesn't. And I don't feel like it's this, Oh my God, they're, they're, they're screwed. They got to go get, I think if you go get a backup goaltender to cam Talbot and then uh, see how, Wallstead does monitor him. And if he is on the right track, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah. I, I would like him back. Um, I think it would set the table nicely. Talbot's going to be a free agent after the season. Mark Andre Flores probably coming back, obviously on a one-year deal. You have um, your goaltender of the future basically waiting there. You know, this is kind of funny because I feel like Florida's in this weird predicament too, right? Like Bob played better last year but Bob's making an absurd amount of money and they drafted Spencer Knight to be their future guy. And Spencer Knight played well, 
But who's yeah. going to take that contract? If, you, if you're Florida and you're trying to sell Bob and make yes. Spencer Knight your number one guy, I don't understand what the hell Florida was going to do there. Um, this makes, from the Wilds' perspective, to bring it back to Minnesota, is it, it makes things easier if you have Cam Taylor on a one-year contract, you have Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, there could be a case in the situation where, unfortunately, I'm not trying to speak this into existence, what if Cam Talbot gets hurt midway through the season? You, you can call up um, you can call up your Jesper Wallstead, and he can sit behind Marc-Andre Fleury, man. Like that, that would yeah. be obviously the, the ideal type of grooming process. Sure. And could you learn something from Cam Talbot too? Of course he could. Uh, but there definitely seems to be, and I feel like also Judd, we're getting away from, you know, goaltenders used to take, and they still do years and years and years to bake and, and to figure out if they're even legitimate. Yeah, I, I think we're getting away from that in the NHL. And you you saw it with Spencer Knight. He came up two years ago and plays a 19 year old out of right. necessity, but still came up and played well enough where he was the backup last year on one of the best teams in the NHL. So right. I think we're getting away from the thing of like, especially when you're, when you're a first round pick goaltender, you know, your, your trajectories, I think accelerated a little bit. That's what I would do. I would like to have Marc-Andre Fleury back. It makes things easier. And then you can go into next off season with the plan of the, yeah, Jesper Walsett might be your number one guy, but then you can free stuff up. It makes it easier to find another goaltender. Then you're just looking for one, the wild could potentially looking for two, uh, by 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 the start of this season, so it's very interesting. Last thing, schedule out thoughts. Yeah, I saw that. Well, uh, the first thing I noticed, and I don't think this is too much of a surprise. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong on this. Uh, 14 of the first 23 games for the Wild are at home. Yep. So only nine. Ro- by the time I believe December second rolls around, they will only have played nine road games. 14 of them are at home. So there's a big home surplus to start the season um that's one thing i noticed on the schedule you know that means they're probably going to be on the road in the second half of the schedule i did notice there's not a crazy amount of off days that's all we care about we like all we like our hockey we don't like to wait a lot for hockey the wild and the xl energy center are one of the busiest yeah some late starts that you love pauses no pauses i know the west coast hockey no give me the give me the nine o'clock hockey i love 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 the nine o'clock i'm just Um, glad there's no bleep in february break on the schedule yes, this time no break uh but yeah I, I know that's the first thing i noticed there was i noticed a lot of green was in the first two months of the season um yep and hey, hey get, getting a hot start's important in the nhl it's one of those few sports where if you're in the top eight around thanksgiving time even though that's still six weeks in it almost automatically guarantees that you're probably going to still be in that playoffs by the time the season's end so 14 games in the first 23 at home you, you can't get off to a slow start basically is what i'm saying if you're a wild fan Start with a four-game homestand. They open on Thursday, October the 13th against the Rangers. And then Saturday, two days after that, the LA Kings and Kevin Fiala come to town. That yeah, should look. be fun. Uh, Stanley Cup champion Abs are in town on Monday the 17th. And then Boudreaux and the Canucks on the 20th. So, yeah. So they, they start with four at home. And then... This is the thing, too. Who does these schedules? Because they start with a four-game homestand, and yep. then they go play a one, two, three, four. They have a five-game road trip. Mm-hmm. Can, we, can we not balance things out? Like, they go to Boston, Montreal, Ottawa, Detroit, Chicago. So it's not like you're sending them to the coast. <laughs> like, it's all relatively close. Could we not, like, have... Rangers Kings to start with, and then a road game, and then you know Colorado on like the 29th of October, a Saturday. It's just it doesn't make any. I mean, do you do they put these in like the stupidest computer that ever existed? Yeah, and be like, hey, just screw everything up. It drives me nuts. 
I will say too, to, to my point of a heavy start at home and then to end the season on the road, March and April, you have just eight home games, March through April. So just eight home games through the months of March and April, everything else on the road. So got to make some right? hay to start. In February, Declan? Yeah, February, they have a crap ton of home games. February 9th through the 21st, they have a seven-game homestand. That is correct. So Ninth. I will again ask you, who is doing this? <laughs> Who puts this in a computer and comes out with a seven-game? Why on earth would you need, you know what, season ticket? Holders don't like it. The team doesn't like it. Nobody likes this. Vegas, the Devils, the next week after that, Panthers, Blue Jackets, Stars, and then Nashville and the Kings again. And they play, oh, my God. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have nine home games in February and four road games. I'm done. I'm so done. I was uh, I was hoping uh, no selfishly, I, and I knew this was never going to happen because the NHL would never have done this. I was hoping the Wild were going to be in Carolina for the stadium series. So selfishly, brother Liam and I could go to the stadium oh, series game. Nice. They're going to get uh, Washington. Carolina gets Washington. Oh, the Wild ain't going to be playing. Yeah, no, no, no. That's no. a rival game. That's an yeah. Eastern Conference yeah. game. All right, we're done. Um, we'll be back, I am positive, tomorrow. If nothing else, I think our plan is to react after the first round. But I'm yes. guessing that, it, you know, between the stuff with Kaprizov and the flower and all that, I'm guessing that we'll also have some news. Hell, there could be a trade, too. So um, Judd's Hockey Show will be on at some point tomorrow. But as, as I said before, we just pop up. Like, we're just there. So Never know. Crazily. Take us home, Declan. Uh, hit the subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment, right here on Score North, Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment on our Purple Daily YouTube channel. Uh, our guy Kyle Teague and uh, Phil Mackey just did a, Phil. a, a Tim, uh, Phil, uh, just did a Timberwolves episode, too, breaking down the Rudy Gobert trade, so plenty of Timberwolves, some wild, even some twins. Yes, those those damn twins and losing <laughs> and getting walked off again. But we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. They don't deserve it. Pass, shoot, score. <laughs>